and people ask, where's the podcast? Where's the next episode? I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, from my birthday, diving back into work, and then working at production, it was it was intense, let me just tell you that. <laughs> and then I got sick, so I'm still a little congested. You could probably hear my voice a little bit, but I feel way better um, God is good. I'm so glad to be feeling like myself again because working a production and being that sick and going back into work nonstop with one day off was no joke. So to God be the glory, I am good. It was just a cold. It was not COVID, praise the Lord. And I feel way better. But yeah, we're back, guys. Um, you're about to listen to an episode with Courtney. Um, me and Courtney have been down since, honestly, I was in 10th grade, I think. Um, we've been cool since high school been really really cool and you know we had a couple years apart when she went to college and then you know we just kind of reconnected again um in our adulthood and it's been amazing ever since that's my girl that's my aka wife (laughs) that's my girl man we really have uh conversations like this all the time so this episode literally she was by my place and then we just i was like let's record she was like now i'm like yep let's go it was like i think 11 45 at night um and we just started talking but this conversation is all of our conversations, a very authentic. Um, we dig deep into our childhood from every now and then, and we just talk about life, taking risk, and just everything and all. So I guess I would name this title Dig Deep or Diving Deep. Diving Deep. We're going to name it Diving Deep. <laughs> but I hope you enjoy it. Um, I know I did. This is actually one of my favorite episodes so far, and I think you're going to really love it. Some really good takeaways. So you guys have a beautiful week. Welcome back. So I am becoming a better me conversation with T and let's go. Good morning, good night, good evening. Welcome to I am becoming a better me conversations with T. We are here on episode four with the lovely, talented, beautiful Courtney Mosley. We're going to have her introduce herself and then we're going to, of course, hop into conversation. So Courtney, tell the people who you are. Hi everyone, I am Courtney. I'm a beloved friend of Tanya Johnson. I'm super excited to be here. Um, About me professionally, I am a sales professional. I've been in sales pretty much my whole professional career. Um, I am a child of the most high. Right now. Yes. And I'm single, so if y'all know anybody. You can follow me on social media. Uh, (laughs) Instagram handle is ITSJUST. CMO. It's just CMO. All right. There we go. So, of course, for every single episode, we do an icebreaker. But before we start, I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and literally have a conversation with me. Even though we have a conversation every day. But this conversation is just going to be recorded. So, um, we always start the conversation with icebreakers. But this one, I'm going to start with a couple icebreakers just to kind of dive into just conversations we have all the time Mm -hmm. Uh, so the first icebreaker is going to be what lessons are most important to teach the next generation oh this is good um i think we have actually made tremendous strides in this but i think financial literacy Mm -hmm. um is very important um yeah so that's the first thing that came to my mind is financial literacy uh teaching this next generation, how to manage their finances because your girl was out here struggling in her twenties and not paying for it right now in my thirties, but it definitely, you know, could have been a lot different for me if I just had the wisdom and knowledge back then. No, that's really good. Mm-hmm. I agree. Cause mm-hmm. the finances could have been a lot more different and set up a lot different to be 
just on a better path. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to like change the narrative of like your journey and mm-hmm. what your story looks like, mm-hmm. but it will definitely would have made the path a little bit more seamless. Mm-hmm. We would have had less bumps. That is, that's correct. More hills. I mean, I probably still would have been hard headed, honestly, but you, you think? know, yeah. Okay. <laughs> were you really like, like, how were you when you were younger? You just took chances. Girl. I mean, go on whole vacations with probably like twenty five dollars in my Shut account. Shut up. Yes, it was horrible. Oh, you're bold. Yes, I mean, I learned the dollar swipe trick. You know What's how that? you? Okay, so if you need gas and you only got a dollar in your account, just run a credit, put in that zip code, and girl, you'll pay for the consequences later. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my goodness! But I've the, never heard of that. Yes, yes, girl, that was the thing back in the day. I don't know if people still do that. I don't, uh, right now, thank goodness, I don't have that. Those types right, of problems, right, right, right. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. No, that was that was that was funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, who from your past would you like to re- reconnect with? That is so funny that you say. <laughs> I had to. I had to pull this, and I was like, "That's a good one." That is funny that you say that. So, from my past, um, well, I've actually been reconnecting with a lot of people from my past. Mm-hmm. One of them, people gonna. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Put their name out there, but this is. Somebody that I was literally obsessed with from the time I was in the seventh grade all the way up until eleventh grade. It was like a childhood crush, if you will. And there was people that came in between there, but yeah, okay, like four yeah. years, okay. Yeah, but we uh, reconnected recently, so I'm excited about that. Like our lives took like different, areas. different. Yeah. Like we were on completely different paths right now, um, but I just. You know, it was like talking to this person is, I feel like it's healing like the inner child in me because I was so obsessed back in the day. It was kind of. Do you feel like some people are meant, like, do you feel like you should reconnect with the past sometimes or do you think the past should just be left in the past? Um, I think that's very situational. Okay. Uh, just depending on the person in the situation, mm-hmm. like everything doesn't need to be resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, but like if it's not anything that was detrimental to your mm-hmm, past mm-hmm. like and if you're secure where you at right now like mm-hmm. I don't I don't think for me I guess I can speak for myself I don't think it's anything wrong with mm-hmm. opening up lines of communication with that person it's deep because Nedra you know the book um set boundaries farm peace that I love 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 uh-huh. shout out to Nedra but she actually had a post recently and she was like saying you know just because you're missing someone doesn't mean that you need to reconnect with someone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that was really good. Because honestly, I am a very reminisce type of person. Mm-hmm. I reminisce on the past a lot. Mm-hmm. People, people that hurt me, people that we didn't end, like, friendships. And I'm always, like, reminiscing, like, man, you know, maybe I should reach out. But it's like, that's a really good point. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like because someone is on your mind or your spirit and you're just reminiscing, do you feel like that's a sign that you need to reach out or you like how do you feel about that um so yeah i mean i would okay but i'm do you do it every time yeah really Mm -hmm. oh yeah like for me like if i'm thinking about you i'm gonna let you know i'm gonna reach out like no matter where we're at uh in our past or journey and i think yeah i I definitely would I i don't see anything wrong with it wow yeah i thought i was really deep i was like okay um, I gotta ask this because you honestly really are, y'all. She's a comedian. The question is, what would you say in your Oscar speech? Oscar. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like you catching me off guard. You know, I don't know. Uh, if I was to win an Oscar, um, you know, of course, we got to thank God. All praises to the Most High. Okay. You know, I would thank myself. It's kind of like how Snoop Dogg. Like, Did he do that? I, I think it was Snoop Dogg, yeah. He, okay. he, it's like, I want to thank me, okay. you know, because, I mean, if I got to the point where I won an Oscar, I had to put in a lot of hard yeah. work, you know. It takes a lot. No, for real. Um, and I don't really, like you always say that I'm a comedian, but I've never really tapped into that side of myself. So that will have meant that I have really pushed myself to, to like step over in that lane. Listen, mm-hmm. y'all, she's going on tour in 2022. <laughs> we got to just convince her. And I'm telling you, it is going to be sold out. Mm-hmm. That is a gift that you ain't tapped into yet, but it's there. Yeah. Because you really are funny. Well, thank you. Thank you, friend. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> thank you, girl. Last icebreaker. What dreams have you put on the back burner? I'm going to answer this one, too, for myself. You do? Well, you go first. Oh, man. Many dreams. I put styling on the back burner, mm-hmm. photography, mm-hmm. radio, mm-hmm. semi-production. I still dive into it. Um, yeah, I put all those things on the back burner. Yeah. Um, and you are so talented. Are you talking about me? I think I'm too sometimes. Yeah. It's a bit and much. I, and I understand that that's, that can be overwhelming because yeah. I haven't seen you try to do something or put something out that wasn't amazing. Thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah, so to answer that for me, I'm kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. I have interest in so many different things. Like, I'm an entrepreneur at spirit. Um, so, I feel like I want to open up a business in every single thing that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like I feel like a, a dream situation for me is for me to be, like, I can build up a business, mm-hmm. have somebody running it, and, like, they reporting to me on a weekly basis on, on what's going on with the business, and that's, and that's just it. But I'm so passionate about so much. So, But one of the things that I know for sure that's, like, a passion project of mine, I want to open up, um, like, a a social-slash-work mm-hmm. type of area that could be a creative space or a workspace for people. Um, and I have the resources to do it. I just don't know why I haven't execute, executed on it. And then another thing um, is a podcast. Like, mm-hmm. I've been talking about that for years, so. Since the pandemic. Yeah. Even then. And then you yeah. actually started kind of low-key. Yeah, that kind of blew up. It, it really did. It was a thing. Yeah, it was a thing. Yeah. It really was. <laughs> and we had nothing to do, but it was really actually, it was just a lot of like revelation for people because we talked about everything. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll provide a little context and color for, for those of you that don't know. So mm-hmm. during the pandemic, um, I decided that I want to start hosting these Zoom calls and we named them Quarantine Combos and... I had topics, and at first it started out with just a group of friends, and then the friends would invite friends, and then next thing you know, Someone I'm like, come in. I know, next thing you know, I'm like, okay, I don't know, none of these people on this call, but it was still lit, mm-hmm. we still had a good time, we brought in um, a finance guy, like a, a CNA, a CPA, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, CNA, <laughs> but we brought in a CPA, and we talked about finances, so it was really good. No, um, it was. And then one day I was just like, eh. No, do it. Yeah. Listen, look, you see how mm-hmm. you got to start somewhere. You do. And just start. It don't got to be perfect. It's just, just start. Yeah. No, seriously. So now it's just about being consistent. That is true. That That's, it's, you can start, but then now to consistency. I'm really learning it right now. My life is really deep. Mm-hmm. Wow. But no, that was really good. Really good feedback on that. 
why did you put it on the back burner? I know for me, like I said, you pointed on that about us, like me having, feeling overwhelmed because I am, I do feel like I'm just so, God just, I feel like he blessed me with so much creativity. Mm-hmm. It is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. That I don't even know, like, I'm like, God, how did, who could be good at all these things? Mm-hmm. And it's great. People admire it. And I love it by myself, too. Like, I can actually tap into anything. But then sometimes I'm like, okay, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to focus on. Mm-hmm. It's deep. But I think I have a fear of entrepreneurship, to really? be honest with you. Really? Yeah, I, I do. Think, are you, is that, like, tied into a fear of success? Because I feel like if you put your out there, you going to actually it's the opposite. You think you're gonna fail? Feel failure, yeah. Girl, failing it's is deep. fun. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what? You can say failing is fun. Yes, as long as you fell forward. Yeah. I have never heard of like said it. Girl, before. let me tell you something. I don't be scared of nothing. I have failed so many times in my life. What? And I don't mind failing publicly either. So, I mean, I guess to like go back and answer the question, like what's been holding me back? I think yeah. it's probably rooted in like the fear of succeeding um what, so the opposite. Be, yeah that'll be something i have to unpack in therapy wow uh, but yeah failing is wow mm-hmm. that is that's but that's a really good perspective yeah to be honest you because the lessons aren't failing anyway so it's mm-hmm. like if you do fail it's like it's always a lesson to learn mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. but i don't know i guess it's like my nature for me to always strive for just for things to be right the mm-hmm. first time mm-hmm. That is deep. I don't know where that comes from either. We're going to talk about that in therapy too. Because <laughs> I just, it got to be right the first time. Mm. But also it's because I'm lazy. Are you? I really, so? what? Hmm. Let me tell you one thing about me. I'm actually very lazy. I like to work smarter, not harder. So anything I do, I'm really trying to do it the first time. But I white waste, I have to go back and do it again. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like that's me being lazy. Because I don't want to go back and do it. But no, that was, that was a really good and um to unpack. Because. I've never really heard nobody say that. I think that's a good perspective for people to hear. Yeah, failing is... So, each time I have failed... Mm-hmm. Like, well, when I think about things, because, you know, like, you've heard me say or talk about traveling, and I'll go out and do a whole solo trip, or I'll talk about a thing, and then I'll go out and actually uh, do it. I think it's just, like, that consistency part that is... or And then also tied in with the fear of actually succeeding. Like, yeah. dang, this thing could actually work out yeah but each time I have failed or let me backtrack each time that I've decided I want to do something Mm -hmm. I always look at like what's the worst that can happen good perspective and honestly for me the worst thing that could happen is that I would die that's it like literally die what yeah like you know I (laughs) you just called me the other day and was like girl why are you in Uber I was like oh girl I'm on my way to Mexico solo trip by myself whatever um the worst thing that could happen is I could die. And then at that point, I'll just be dead. And I'll oh be with the gosh. Lord. So, hey, there, there you have it. But so, you know, it's, but it's, I, I really admire that about your, your mentality because you really are someone, like, I have seen you just do things and try things. I'm like, she just be like, all right, it is what it is. We just going to do this and figure it out. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to try. And if mm-hmm. it works, it works. If it's not, it's okay. We're going to try it again mm-hmm. or do something different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so admirable because. I truly can be honest, like in my 20s, because I'm about to be 30, y'all, it's coming up a couple days away. But in my 20s, I really feel like I was not risky enough. I could have took more chances on myself and betted on myself more. And I had so many dope opportunities and was in some amazing rooms at some amazing tables. And I'm like, girl, why are you not betting on yourself? Girl, you know, I've had to talk to you about that for many, many girl, years. Girl, 
I know. And we sit, we sitting in one thing. I better myself finally in yes. my house. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm like, I remember back in the day when we would talk about like your goals and the things that like even income levels. I'm like, eh, girl, Listen. you probably need to shoot a little higher than that. Like you got it. Like you, you can do it. You be like, I know, but I just need to work. Like, uh, no. But you know the one thing I've been learning mm-hmm. like this last July, August, September. So it's like two months. It's like. It's just deep. I don't know if 30 is just bringing like a whole nother mm-hmm. just outlook on life for me. I feel like the light finally clicked. Like mm-hmm. it finally turned on mm-hmm. all this time. I'm like, I never knew. The deep part about it is it was always embedded in me mm-hmm. um, to do these things. It's just I wasn't consistent with it. And it just the discipline needed to be there. That's all it was the whole time. Mm-hmm. Little things as if, and then also just writing down your goals. So to go back, what you said is like, you know, just aiming so small. Like, for instance, I have a vision board upstairs that I had actually wrote out for the year, sat on the vision board for like a couple weeks, honestly a month. Didn't really write anything down until like February. But when I go back on the vision board, it's pretty much almost done. Mm-hmm. Everything that I said that I wanted to do this year literally is like being crossed out. I'm literally almost on another one. I said about, incre- I said new job, got mm-hmm. a new position. Mm-hmm. I put uh, one of those 25 pounds, I'm at like 19 or but damn, I'm at nineteen or twenty-one pounds right now. Yeah, like everything that I said I wanted, but then it's like, but why did you like put a limit on it though? Mm-hmm. That's the thing for me is like we put limits on things. Mm-hmm. So with that, you know, when it comes to being who you are, where you are, and where you've arrived at, and when I arrive, because we're always going somewhere. But where you are now, do you write your goals down, or do you kind of just be like, I wake up and like I'm about to just do this today? Do I write? I, I write my day goals down you do okay yes a thousand percent okay um i'll write it down and then i'll work backwards from there okay you know like um if the goal is to earn a a certain amount of money okay Mm -hmm. well let's break this down like how much do i need to earn this week in Mm -hmm. order to get me to to this goal so absolutely writing goals down is so fun i'm right there with you when i write stuff down and then I go back later and look at it. I see, oh, well, like I did that, I did that. It's I did like that. blows my and mind. It's just like, man, why you ask for more? You know, that's what I'm saying. I was <laughs> like, you said 25. Girl, you should have said 50. Yeah. You said a uh, new job, but you should have been a little more detailed. You should have mm-hmm. said new job and this. And mm-hmm. that's why I'm like, it's like make it plain, but you got to make it plain and detailed yeah. and don't make it so minimal one to where. One of the things that I figured out very early yeah um as a believer is that god will give you yeah. the desires of your heart and you know people who are in the word a little bit more will probably be able to clarify this but what i've also realized is that he will do it even if it goes against his will for your life you know like we ask him for things and he'll give it to us even if it's going against his will. So that's why we have to be a little specific whenever we're praying and asking for things. And just, you know, I pray that, you know, my desires align with your will for my life. You know, that's, that's kind of how I've, I've learned to structure my prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he will give you whatever you're asking for. So you got to mm-hmm. be, you know, be bold about it. No, mm-hmm. you're, you're right. You're right. That was really good. I mean, I agree with you. I just... It's just, it's just deep how we spend so much of our time and mm-hmm. doing that. But with where you are and all the things that you've accomplished as well in your journey, because mm-hmm. it's a journey, mm-hmm. um, 
who does it stem from? Did you see somebody growing up that was like this, who was just like really relentless? Mm-hmm. Or is it just something that you feel like you are the curse breaker in your family? Like you are the one who is really shifting the trajectory of just your family bloodline. Okay. So this is a tad bit layered. Um, <laughs> just, I don't know how much time we have. No, it's girl. the fact. I'm try, to, try to condense it down. <laughs> it's the way that you so you said. Okay, so I'm gonna let you know. Yeah, I'm gonna try to take it down a little bit. Okay. But I can think back um, to whenever I lived in Florida, mm-hmm. um, and my outlook on life was so bleak. So my city that I'm from is very very small. It's one street light, but my um, in one street that runs through the whole city. So the city deads into what was my elementary school at the time. What was behind the elementary school was nothing but cane patches. Then on the <clears throat> the back side of the city, so if you think about a rectangle, so all the way in the back, elementary school, cane patches. And then to the left of this rectangle, you have the projects. And we lived in the back of the projects. And behind the projects was a prison. And the prison was lit up at night, girl. So it looked very glamorous, okay? Uh, it's like, that's the city. <laughs> the prison was the city, girl, of us. You know what I'm saying? Um, but anyways, it was just very bleak. I, I, I was so ignorant. And I mean that in the sense of, like, I didn't understand the world. Like, I, I'll give you an example. I thought that there were only two different types of people. Either you were white or you were black. And I thought white people spoke Spanish. Oh man. Yeah. So okay. that's, that's just, just, that's just what my, um, so what kind of saved me from that to kind of circle back around to your question, we had programs in our city to where they would take us outside of the city that we were in. Um, like we would go to Orlando or if we went to Walmart girl, we was going out of town. Okay. I feel like Walmart, honestly, growing up was like always like that thing though. Yeah, we were out of town, like literally, oh, like wow. we were going out of town if you went to Walmart. Oh, meaning it was far. It was okay. Now that I'm older, I don't feel like it's that far. But as a child, girl, yeah, it, it felt, was okay. like thirty minutes away. Mm-hmm. And now well, that's what it felt like. But now I realize, like driving back and forth to the Walmart, now I realize it's just fifteen minutes down the road. But it wasn't that close. So seeing and being exposed to different things. Um, and then why I say it's layered when I was in the fourth grade, my dad brought us up to, uh, Georgia and I've been back and forth between Georgia and Florida my whole life, but coming to Atlanta specifically and just seeing all of these black people doing very well, living in nice houses and it's just being the norm. Um, that was kind of groundbreaking for me. And I remember my dad, he would say things to us like, you know, I wish that y'all could have the type of childhood that I had. Because my dad, yeah, like, you know, most parents are like, I want you to have a better childhood than me. No, my dad was like super privileged back in the day. Like my grandparents um, owned a lot of the city that they owned a lot of real estate in the city that I was in. But by the time I was born, my grandfather was passed. um, So we didn't really get to reap any benefits Mm -hmm. um, off of that. But it was... I think it was just a combination of that, like being exposed to different things and then moving to Atlanta, seeing black people doing well. And then my dad, he was always like an entrepreneurial spirit. Spirit. Um, he would be on a job, not for long, and he would go and start his own business. Wow. Um, so I always seen that. And then he, 
a lot of times we were his laborers, so we were out working with him. And I think just I think um, I'm very grateful that I had that mm-hmm. experience because it puts me like ahead of a lot of people that mm-hmm. did not that doesn't have like the business acumen that we have, you know, like my siblings have, and we kind of take that for granted. Wow, mm-hmm. that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's your childhood be impacted. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, cause it's I got impacted like kind of at a later age mm-hmm. with my stepdad. But to be honest, I really don't know if I would be as successful without that man. Mm-hmm. Like, shout mm-hmm. out to you when you hear this. Like, right, come on, he, these I gotta get him. In, listen yeah. on on the radio. We gotta get his flowers because it's the truth. Like. Yeah. It's so interesting because at the time I was so young. I think I was like 14 when I met him. Was I? I think I was 13 going on 14. Yes, I think I was 13 going on 14. And, you know, back in the day I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, Tanya mm-hmm. was worse times 10. It was bad. But I didn't give that man a chance. I mean, I wouldn't let him in at all. I'm like, sir, get out of here. <laughs> and finally, after years, I mean, literally, we didn't gain a relationship until I was about. I would say a healthy relationship. So I was about 25. Mm-hmm. From 13 to 25, it was just knocking heads. And I just didn't see the blessing in it. And it's like to be able to have someone who came in as a stepfather and who literally like molded me and taught me like the importance of keeping a job, like not just mm-hmm. leaving a job just because you feel like it, you know, really mm-hmm. sticking through it. You know, I talk my stuff, but I don't really leave because, you know, he, <laughs> you know, I talk my stuff. <laughs> But he's taught me to, like, just stick it through and just push through and learn and navigate through things that you may not agree with or like. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you'll be fine. Just keep pushing through it. Keep navigating through it. It really taught me consistency in that aspect. Um, you know, I didn't know what a Roth RA was until I met him. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about that stuff. Like, what is a Roth RA? He's like, oh, let me tell you. You know, he started going on a whole tangent. Um, and just the importance of just... Owning a home. He always said, I really want you to own something when you leave this house. Mm-hmm. And it happened. Thankful to you as well. But, you know, just having him put that, like, footprint out there. So, it, it truly makes a difference. I mean, to anybody who has a stepfather and you're not in a place of being receptive, for whatever reason it may be, you know, just give it a chance. You mm-hmm. just never know um, the blessing. Because growing up, you know, my sister's dad, he... He tried the best he could with what he knew, mm-hmm. but he really just didn't, he didn't know. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he was from Jamaica. His upbringing was not the best mm-hmm. and he just did not know much. So he would have not, never been able to give me what he gave me if my mom didn't step out and get a divorce <laughs> and leave and move and move to Atlanta by herself. Um, not to put my business out, but yeah, just leave to move out here. And then, and then also to get, take another chance out on love too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of women, and that's why it's so good. Uh, we're talking about taking chances and stepping out there, even when you have failed. And that was her second marriage. Girl, can we get into the fact that I am 30 years old, never been proposed to or engaged or married. Like I feel like but, I should be working on my second marriage by now. That's all I'm saying. But your journey is going to be, cause some people never thought there'd be in a third marriage or second. That's what I'm you saying. Know? I'm like, by the time my mother was my age, she had done been married and divorced. But that back in the day was different. And she had all her kids. It was different. Girl. It was different. Mm-hmm. But needless to say, taking chances, you never know how far it's going to get you and how mm-hmm. much it's blessing you. Mm-hmm. Because if she didn't take a chance, I wouldn't have met this man. He wouldn't have impacted my life the way he did. Same thing for you. If you didn't take the chances you've taken, and as you said, your perspective on taking chances of just what's the worst that could happen. Like, mm-hmm. 
I, like you said, you afraid of being successful, and I'm afraid of failing. But either way, you're not gonna know unless you try. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was really, really, really good. Um, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna be right back. I hope you guys enjoying it, and we'll be right back. All right, y'all. So we're back. So relationships. Okay. When last have a relationship? Um, so I believe that was either 2015 or 2016. Mm-hmm. That was when my last relationship ended. Okay. Are y'all still friends? We cool. Okay. We cool. Every now and again, we'll check on each other and pretend like we gonna link and never do. <laughs> you know, we're not the, hey, I haven't seen you in so long. I know. But like, when we get together, I'm ready to tell me that we're free. And then you just know you're not, why do people do that? Girl, because it be sounding real good at the time. And then when it's actually time, it's like, eh. I ain't ready. I don't want to go outside. But I know his friends be doing that too, though. Mm-hmm. That's girl, a shame. Girl, make a whole plans, itinerary, everything. And don't even show up. Don't show up. That's terrible. <laughs> wow. Um, are you open to dating right now? So I actually just became open, and it is so crazy the amount of people that are coming out of the woodworks. Really? Yes. But, you know, back in the day in my 20s, <clears throat> and I say this in the most, like, humble way possible girl I could not walk down the street without being stopped I have friends that can vouch for this um, but it's, it's just a true story and so recently I found myself like I haven't had those experiences in a long time mm-hmm. um, and I don't know what it's about like maybe I'm walking outside looking frumpy or something but when I made up my mind like I told myself last month I was like okay I'm gonna be open to dating in September mm-hmm. and sure enough it seemed like September 1st phone just start like from blast from the past girl so long story short roster is being built so what made you become open like you just woke up one day and was like i'm ready yeah girl i'm 30 turning 31 this year it's time i think i shut myself off from dating Mm -hmm. while i was pursuing my career Mm. and i had certain goals that i needed to achieve because i was a big believer um like if i'm gonna be requiring my future partner um, to have a house, a car, good job, you know, I felt like I needed to have all those things as well. So I buckled down, got the house, got the cars, got too many cars at this point, <laughs> got the job, potentially could say got too many jobs at this point, <laughs> you know, and so now I just feel like I'm, I'm ready. Like I need mm-hmm. to, to stop putting this off. The other excuse that I was coming up with was like, okay, once I lose a little weight, I'm like, girl. Shout out. Do you feel like it was excuses or do you feel like that's really how you, like, do you, so you kind of wanted to, your partner to marry, marry where you were? Is that what it was? Or mm-hmm. you wanted to see it to be? Okay. Yeah, like, I, like, I just, I can't, I, I just didn't want to be one of those people that's requiring something of somebody that I didn't have. You know, I don't think that that's fair. So hmm. now I kind of find myself in a situation and I, I do know that it's just the caliber of men that I've been running into that maybe I just need to like go in different areas and, okay. and be seen. Okay. Um, but I've run into where guys are like intimidated, like, Oh, you don't need nobody, huh? I'm like, I didn't say that. I did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, I do need somebody. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and where are you at? Like I'm looking for them. Do you kind of feel like sometimes you don't want to like, when you initially meet a guy, you don't really want to, start off by saying so much you kind of disclose some things because you don't want that to seem like like do you feel like some men get intimidated like if you're like they're like what do you do and you're like well I do this and I have and you're telling them all the things and then 
do you feel like they shut down? Do you get that reaction? Um, so I have gotten that reaction, mm. and it's it, at one point I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not gonna tell nobody what I do. I'm not gonna tell them, you know, where I live or how I'm living. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, I gotta think about that. Like, is that really like? Do I want the person that I have to min like? I don't want that person that I have to yeah. minimize myself in order to make them feel big. Yeah. No. It's deep because I used to feel like that too. Like I don't, yeah. I feel like that all the time. Sometimes I low key don't like to tell people everything I do. Mm-hmm. If you notice that, yeah. I don't like to start off by saying who I work with and all the like, you know, the BET, the product. Because it's just like then I feel like you're just trying to be cool with me because of who I, what I do, who mm-hmm. I'm around, and not because of me. Mm-hmm. So that's one reason why I don't do it. But then secondly, it's what you said too. Mm-hmm. It's the well, I don't want to do that because I'm going to feel but I need to say you should have to minimize yourself. Yeah, no, absolutely to, not. Yeah, yeah. So, but then the other thing that I'm realizing is that I am so much more than mm-hmm. my work and my finances. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a whole person outside of that. Um, and so I try to tap into those things. Um, yeah, and, and to a certain degree, like, I know as a woman, like, I need to, like, I kind of am fishing to see, like, okay, is this guy financially stable? Like, mm-hmm. Like, you know, how do I figure out what his credit is doing? Like, mm-hmm. what's, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, because we need to be kind of matched in that way. Not saying that he needs to earn more than me, um, even though that is preferred. I, I, <laughs> at this, that my, my answer always kind of shifts back yeah, and forth. Yeah. But, like, if I had to build a man, definitely. Like, I, if he earned more than me, that would be ideal. So I was having a conversation with someone, and can't go too deep because somebody may hear this. That's the only thing about podcasts. You can't really go too deep. You mm-hmm. got to kind of like keep it on the surface, girl. be like, so this is the story. Mm-hmm. How about we just use different names? So Jennifer basically is dating this guy mm-hmm. and Jennifer pretty much had like a pretty fun weekend and she's dating this guy. She likes him, but she doesn't really know how to tell him that she may have done certain things she shouldn't have done that over the weekend because mm-hmm. they are dating. Mm-hmm. But she has, like, a conscious where she feels like she should say something. Okay. Um, she doesn't know if she should say something. She kind of wants to keep to herself. And But then I said to her, like, would you want that to be done to you if mm-hmm. the roles were reversed? Mm-hmm. So long story short, Jennifer doesn't really know what to do. And she kind of somewhat lied, in a sense, to the person she's dating. And I'm just curious to know, when it comes to something like that, you're dating somebody... Um, have you ever lied to somebody you were dating in the beginning? Well, I never cheated. You never cheated. Okay. I never cheated. Um, have you thought about cheating? Girl, yes. What is cheating to you? Is it physically or emotionally? Um, so it can be both. Okay. Physically for sure. It's like, no, there's no ambiguity there, mm-hmm. you know, um, but when it comes to... Oh my God, to, that word reminds me of work. <laughs> I know. When it comes to... Um, when it comes to the emotional connection, yeah. like we... Sometimes we can get confused in our brain and, and try to make things bigger than what it actually is. Uh, but I don't know. The, that emotional connection sometimes can be a little bit scary. We're like, because you tell me you love this person? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Uh-huh. But do you feel like there's something missing for somebody to want to cheat? Because I feel like when people are cheating, they're missing something in the relationship, and they're just not communicating that. Um, it could be just something within them though that they're missing, like not necessarily, missing, yeah. yeah, not necessarily with the relationship mm-hmm. or with the other person, but it could just be with them, like they, yeah. yeah. 
Hmm. Mm-hmm. But in that situation, I don't know. That's tough, girl. Jennifer. Do your thing, boo. You know what? <laughs> Not Jennifer, because I know the name. She's like, whoever Jennifer is. Girl, do your thing, boo. That is too you know funny. You know, like, what does the what song say? Uh-huh. Uh, I don't want to know. Oh, my goodness. No, I need <laughs> to know. I need to know if you're playing me. Please don't let it show. The thing about it is, I, and I told Jennifer, I'm the type of person that's so interesting because as a woman, I don't know if it's a woman thing, but it's like, if I know... It's always going to be in the back of my head. Girl, forget about it. It's always... I can't. So you can forget about something and just truly just forgive someone openly and just just forget it and move forward. And mm-hmm. truly in your heart, you have moved on. It never comes back up again. You're talking about like in, in what context? Like if I did something or like... If I'm, somebody did something to you. If somebody did something to me, can I forgive them? In, in friendship, relationship. So that is... I'm kind of radical in my belief on forgiveness okay. like a lot of people do not agree with me and that's okay <laughs> that's all right but okay. from my um what i feel and i also feel like it's kind of what i understand about scripture mm-hmm. i know that in the bible it says that god forgives us and he remembers our sins no more mm-hmm. so i try to apply that in my life as well Okay. So we are called to forgive. Mm-hmm. I also think, you know, the audacity of mm-hmm. me as a believer now um, to not forgive somebody mm-hmm. for something that they did to me and just think about how many times I have sinned against God, girl. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. what if he held that same attitude towards me? Yeah. Like, girl, like, it, it gets, for me, like I said, it's kind of radical. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the whole Bible mm-hmm. is just a blueprint of forgiveness. Like, mm-hmm, even, mm-hmm. like, from the beginning. The, yeah. yeah. The, the standard was set. Like, I, I'm so radical. I was so radical in this belief that I even, <laughs> like, my relationship with God was stalled for so many years because I was harboring unforgiveness. And mm. I truly believe, like, if you can't forgive, then... This is gonna sound extreme, yeah. But you might as well not even pray. Like, no, it's it's so. I'm glad you said that because even on my healing journey, when it started, like when I actually acknowledged the healing journey in 2020, the journey started because of a heartbreak. To be honest, mm-hmm. with my ex, mm-hmm. it had me really looking back within myself. Mm-hmm. Then after the heartbreak, then led was like, God is his sense of humor is interesting. He's really funny because. You know, you start something because of something else, and then he shows you like a mirror, and then he then he gets you on a forgiveness tour. Mm-hmm. That's what I called it. It was a forgiveness tour. Mm-hmm. It was people I thought I would never hit up, and he was pulling on my strings like, "You need to write this person right now. You need to." Do-. And I'm like, "But I don't want to." <laughs> what? <laughs> you sure about that? Be yeah. like, be like, you know, and he's like, "Is it is it Holy Spirit or is it just me in my head? Maybe mm-hmm. it's just me. I'm gonna ignore it. No, baby, he's telling you to call that person." So, you know, a part of the healing journey, I do believe, is the forgiveness tour. I really do feel like he will literally pull on your strings to start free. It's just a part of the process, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like forgiveness is a choice or a process? Um, it's a choice. Okay. And then the other thing I want to clarify. So, whenever I was harboring that unforgiveness mm-hmm. and I was holding on to this radical belief, like, mm-hmm. you know, forgiveness is like the foundation of prayer. Um, and so because I wasn't willing to forgive, uh, I was thinking to myself that I might as well not pray. 
that I will say was a trick of the enemy mm -hmm. to get me to not pray. Mm -hmm. But because I do feel like if we do go to God and say, listen, I am struggling with this. I need you to turn my heart towards you and, you know, make my heart more like yours and, you know, open me up to forgiveness. I do feel like that is um, what we can do. Mm -hmm. um, so for a while, I was just being, you know, kind of stuck in my, like in my own way when it came to this unforgiveness. But I believe it's a choice. Like we literally can choose mm -hmm. to forgive. But um, with, with forgiveness, because forgiveness can be something that someone is battling with, just like anything else in another category somebody mm -hmm. can be battling with. Mm -hmm. So if you're saying for you, you know, you were on this journey and you know, like for you, this is what forgiveness looks like for you. What would you say to someone who is truly struggling with that? And it's not just a choice, like you said, for yourself. What would you say to them? How can they process forgiveness in their life with whatever they're dealing with? Um, I would say they would... It, and it d depends on like where they are in their faith journey because everybody may not be on a faith journey. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, mm -hmm. that's that's kind of layered because mm -hmm. I, I and I don't really know how to answer it because I <laughs> it's am okay, it's like, I, yeah, yeah. I am just like yeah, it's just a choice. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I choose to get up, uh, like to get out of bed, like you know. Once but okay, so what encouraged you to shift it? Because you said so you said you were in a place where you said you didn't pray. So what? shifted something when did you were like okay because you had to then mm -hmm. yeah it was actually um i was started going to these like wednesday or whatever i can't remember what day it was but it was like a little um bible talk or we didn't really get into the bible but it was just like a, a place to come together and talk about god at one of my friend's house okay. um and we were talking about it and somehow forgiveness came up and uh, her mom said something that just kind of set me free from that. And I was just wow. like, yeah, because I had been choosing, and I knew that I had been choosing not to forgive for whatever reason. Like, I was just like, nope, I'm not doing it. I don't want to. And it wasn't like I was mad. I wasn't mad. I was actually like more liberated like, than ever. Living your best life. Yeah, yeah like yeah. living my best life, like not worried about it. But like when it came to, like if I'm truly forgiving and remembering sins no more like this person if i was to say like they they wronged me if i was to truly forgive them in my mind i'm like okay so what would stop me from being around them or talking to them and i couldn't really i couldn't really identify a reason mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so but i just at the time i wasn't open to being around this person because yeah. i'm just like nope don't yeah. need it don't want it um, but once I was able to open myself up for forgiveness, um, it kind of it set me free. Set you free. Mm -hmm. It's deep. Sometimes mm -hmm. you don't even realize, like, it's, it's so deep because, like I said, I went on my forgiveness tour and, like, I had to forgive, like, siblings and, mm -hmm. like, family and friends. Mm -hmm. And we talk about years down the line and you don't even realize how it just comes right back up the surface and it's mm -hmm. like you gotta let that go mm -hmm. like you don't even realize like you said you you're navigating fine but you're navigating with unforgiveness in your heart mm -hmm. and then at that point you're literally blocking yourself from so much mm -hmm. than you really think you are until you get to that place where you're like dang like i really am holding on to this thing that i didn't even realize i was yeah. holding on to so mm -hmm. no that's really really good um I'm glad we touched on forgiveness because, mm -hmm. you know, I, like I said, I think it's a process for me because 
the reason why I say that I think it's a process for me and for some is because, like you said, it depends on where you are. It depends on where you are with your journey with God. It depends where you are with your journey with healing. It depends on what is the forgiveness. Was it something that was physically done to you, mm-hmm. mentally done? That's why I say sometimes for me it is a process because I do need to process my emotions. I need to process the situation. I do feel like it's a battle between the flesh and the spirit as well, why it can be a process for some. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that was really good. Um, yeah, so what's one thing you would really want to leave the listeners with? This was a good conversation. We touched on God. We touched on relationship and dating. We touched on forgiveness, a little bit of childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what's something you want to leave them with? Like, like I said in the beginning, I am single. So if y'all know anybody. <laughs> She's like, I'm looking for my husband. I'm, like, I, I try not to say I'm looking for my husband, but I am available. Right. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. For so my husband. Come find right. her. Um, but no, I, I, I agree with you. This is a really, really good conversation. Um, I just, I don't know, Tanya. Be like, you have so many gifts. I'm so excited that you're exploring this one. And you guys stay tuned for this one, for officially Naomi J. Okay? I am becoming a better me. Conversations with T. Exactly. Y'all have a blessed one.